You're listening to the Can Dare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley, and I've got a good episode for you guys today. Uh, you've heard us talk in the past uh, with Brian Volkweiss, the CEO of the Nacelle Company, who has brought you such shows as the movies that made us, the toys that made us, a uh, toy store near you, and so much more. And today, I welcome the vice president of content strategy for Nacelle Company to the show, Rich Mayrick. It was awesome to talk with him. He came on the show to talk about the toy division of Nacelle Company, which is dedicated to preserving nostalgic toy franchises. So you've heard us talk in the past with Brian about acquiring the IP RoboForce and everything they have planned for that. But today I talked with Rich about even more IPs they've acquired and some of their plans for those IPs, like the great Garlu, Power Lords. Uh, we do touch on RoboForce again and Silverhawks people, Silverhawks. So many great things in the pipeline coming from the cell company. Cannot wait to see what uh, what else is coming because there's stuff they haven't even announced yet that's gonna be announced this year as they are jumping between cons. You'll hear all about it in my uh, conversation with Rich. So stay tuned for that. But before we get to that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Cand underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, Want to show some support? Head over to our website, candairpodcast.com. A few different ways you can support us over there. There's a merch tab where you can get t-shirts, mugs, stickers with our logo on it, or a link to our Patreon page where you can, for either $5, $10 a month, depending on how much content you want, you can get access to a whole bunch of extra content that the normies aren't getting, people. The Candair Patreon pod. Candare Radio Theater, the traumatic episode, our 80s trivia episode. What else? The comic vaults, Candare Classics. There's a ton of stuff on there that you can get for just a few dollars a month. So check that out. And also, don't forget to check out evergreenpodcast.com, the Evergreen Podcast Network, which we're so proud to be a part of with so many other great shows. So once again, check them out, evergreenpodcast.com. And without any further ado, I'm just going to jump straight into my conversation with Rich Mayrick. Rich, I want to thank you so much for taking time to be here, man. It's really exciting to have you. You know, we've talked to uh, Brian several times, but you're the first person other than Brian we've had from Nacelle on the show. So, uh, well, again, yeah, well, thank you for being here. And before we get talking about, you know, the toy division of the Nacelle company, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came to work with Nacelle? Uh, yeah, sure. So my name is Richard Meyer. I'm the vice president of content strategy at Nacelle. I've been with the company for about oh, five or six years right now. I don't know, time just seems to be a complete jumble these days. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I started out once Nacelle started Toys That Made Us Season 1, and um, I've been with the company ever since. I was recommended for uh, the show by uh, a coworker. I, I have an ex- like experience in the entertainment industry and, and, and documentaries and pop culture type programming so uh, a mutual acquaintance you know recommended me when that show was in its early stages of pre-production and since then um i've been involved in, in just about everything that we've done um from a toy store near you behind the attraction on disney plus and uh, and now uh our fledgling toy department and uh, as well as our publishing arm and our podcast division very good so i would assume that uh, like brian you're a huge toy fan yourself 
yeah, that was probably one of the <laughs> first things that Brian and I kind of bonded over was our, our mutual love of toys. And he, uh, he enjoys telling this anecdote about how <clears throat> when we were kind of in the early days of toys that made us, I would uh, every so often, and I say every so often, meaning probably like two or three times a week, get a package in of some kind, you know, through eBay or a uh, collector group. And, you know, Brian would uh, walk in and, and he would say to himself, God, this guy's a maniac. He's... <laughs> He's getting stuff in every uh, every few days. Like who who does this kind of stuff? And and now he will uh, eagerly admit that he is now that maniac. So I I, I guess I had a bit of a you know enabling um, sort of influence on Brian. So you're to blame. I, I'm to blame. I guess <laughs> it's a good problem to have, though. Uh, yeah. I, I every time we talk to him, I love uh, asking him what's new in his collection. He's just got a pile waiting next to the computer to show off. It's Always a fun conversation to have, and I know his uh, fandom lies heavily in Star Trek. Not that that's where it's isolated to. What's what's your most favorite uh, IP that you love? Oh gosh, I'm I'm really all over the place. I think my first love was obviously monsters. I was a big monster kid growing up, so you know the Remco three and three quarter monsters were some of my favorite toys. Some of the um, world famous super monsters that were passed down from me to an older cousin or from an older cousin. But, uh, but also superheroes. I mean, my favorite toy line of all time is and probably always will be Kenner's Superpowers line. So okay. um, those those are the two big ones for me. And then everything kind of just like spiraled out into that. And as the years have gone on, you know, I've really kind of put a lot of emphasis on on finding just like weird and bizarre bootleg toys and and, and just kind of the most oddball stuff out there. Um, so yeah, that's... I, 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 I really... I, I'm terribly unfocused. If you, if you looked into my toy room in my office, there'd be... Uh, probably representation from just about every line, you know, that came out sure. between the late 70s and like the mid 90s. Yeah, I've I've got a collection myself, but I can't imagine it's anything close to what you guys have. But yeah, it's very much the same thing. It's it's not really focused on, I mean, I have a strong um, selection of Ninja Turtle, like NECA stuff, but um, past that, it just is kind of all over the damn place. But those are fun collections. It would be fun to see. <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'll shoot you some photos uh, afterwards. Oh, that would be great. The toy room. <laughs> that would be great. All right. So let's talk about the toy division of Nacelle. Like, how did this first come to be? And I mean, it seems like a natural move, you know, listing all the things you listed earlier, uh, uh, the toys that made us, a toy store near you. It seems like a natural move for Nacelle. And it's not just uh, for the people who aren't aware of the toy division. It's not just, you know, bringing out your own brand of toys. You're kind of preserving nostalgic franchises. How did this first come to be? And like you said, I think that's kind of uh, a perfect summarization of it. Is does feel like a natural progression, mind you. When I step back and think about, you know, the fact that we as a company are now in the business of making toys, it is pretty surreal. But you know, when you look back at what we started with toys that made us and everything we've done since then, you know, we've really tried to put our stamp on on that kind of like pop culture nostalgia stewardship and um, and really doing our best to uh, to provide a a sincere and authentic sort of like lens for all of that kind of stuff. So a lot of things happens, you know, around 2020, it, it was a weird time. The, the world was in a complete state of flux and um, you know, Brian uh, as the, the leader of our company decided to take some, uh, some, some bold moves and we, you know, evolved what we had been doing up to that point. You know, we um, it kind of started with uh, a toy store near you because that was really inspired almost directly by by the pandemic and and just basically our 
understanding that a lot of the independent toy stores that we like to frequent were going to be um, put in a really precarious position based on everything that was happening and, and what we could have done, what, what we could do to kind of help those stores out. So um, that show came about as a means to kind of help those stores stay afloat with the, you know, design being that a majority of the, um, you know, profits we make from that show would get funneled back to the stores who participate, but also kind of to provide a, a showcase for those stores and let people out there know that they, you know, they're still around. A lot of them had kind of like temporarily shifted to uh, an online model when their doors were closed, but it was really just what can we do to help these stores that we love? And also uh, in, a, in a broader sense, kind of like, uh, you know, tying that whole community together, because one of, one of my favorite things about, you know, this whole collecting community that we belong to is, is the fact that it is a community of, of, of collectors who, um, you know, are looking out for each other and, and helping each other out and just sharing the love of this stuff, at least, you know, in an ideal sense, when it's working properly, that's, that's what it's all about for me. So, you know, that show was also, a, you know, a way to, to kind of like provide a platform where all of these stores can be looked at as one big, you know, web of, of toy love and not, you know, just a bunch of isolated on an island type uh, establishments. Right. And then from there, you know, we, um, you know, we started a publishing arm, we started a podcast arm, and um, we started kind of looking around to uh, to see what you know IPs might be out there to um, to to relaunch and, and do something with. And obviously, you know, we were looking, you know, first and foremost as a production company, as a way to bring those back through uh, you know entertainment means. So in the case of something like uh, you know RoboForce and, and and Power Lords, you know, right. we wanted to try and make sure that we can kind of package those and. and and relaunch them as a, as a, as a series of some kind. And, and while that is still in the works, you know, the obvious, you know, sort of like a attachment to that would be to make a toy line. So the, the toy company kind of grew out of that and it's really kind of uh, accelerated, you know, while we're still in the process of development for the, the shows themselves, the, the toys are, um, well, we're getting ready to, uh, to launch pre-orders for RoboForce uh, later this spring. And, and a big part of that was us hiring David Bonner, who, yes. uh, if you don't know who David Bonner is, he's, oh, yeah. uh, he's a, um, he's a Renaissance man. He's, he is a master of his craft. He's one of the best and most That's accomplished and talented toy designers, you know, of our era, you know, his resume, Toy Biz, Hasbro, Mattel, I mean, you name it, Dave's had his hand in so many of the toys that we, we love over the past 20 years. So landing him and, and having his expertise has been so valuable, but, uh, you know, we, we also hired, uh, Michael Goodman to, to help us out on the, on the licensing end, uh, and tracking some of these IPs down. We've just built an incredible team. And, um, I think people are going to be really excited with what we've done with, with stuff like RoboForce and, and Power Lords. And, um, along the way, we also acquired, you know, Mark's toys. So we're doing a lot of cool stuff with Great Garlou and Big Lou. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're exploring some, uh, some collaborations with other companies. And, you know, this is only the stuff that we've kind of publicly announced. We have so much cool stuff that we haven't quite announced yet, but we'll be uh, announcing later this year. But yeah, needless to say, we, we're not dipping our toe in the water of the toy world. We're really kind of diving in headfirst and um, I feel good about it. As you should. I mean, again, some of these IPs that you guys have already announced are are things that, you know, they're lifelong fans of that really haven't uh, had much of anything to lean on except those original toys or 
uh, right. series or comics or, you know, dependent on what IP we're talking about. But I th- yeah, I think there's a lot of excited people. I'm being one of them. Everything uh, we've seen of RoboForce thus far from you guys looks awesome. So can't, w- can't wait for that first uh, wave to finally uh, hit. I, I do want to ask you about the great Garlo, Garlu, though, sure. because that was uh, that was so cool. It, it's it's if I remember correctly, just a solely a toy from 1961, like a remote control uh, monster. That, yeah, uh, he was. Could, go ahead. Yeah, he was kind of born out of that whole um, you know 60s era you know monster craze. Uh, like he was a remote control robot. And you could pick stuff up and, you know, scoot around your room. He was a pretty sizable toy from the time, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of really capitalizing on that whole kind of, like, kaiju aesthetic. And, you know, obviously a little bit before my time, I'm 40 years old. But, you know, I, I was aware of of Garlu, you know, over the years. And, you know, specifically because he was so high. I, I, I'm always trying to find, you know, some of these vintage toys to, to add to my collection. And Garlu was definitely one of them that, you know, if you want to find one, in even remotely good condition, it's going to cost you an arm or leg if you can even find one at that point. So um, he has kind of this this collector lore about him as well. But it's just such a cool looking character, and you know you can do so much with with that aesthetic. And you know um, there's been a few examples obviously already. You know Super Seven had the, the really cool reaction figure, and right. um, there's been a couple other um, kind of modern takes on Garlu as well. But, you know, we really saw a lot of potential with that character. So, you know, landing the um, the, the rights to do stuff with Garlu kind of predated just the, the greater Marks package, but it all kind of came part and parcel. And um, we had our first collaboration with Funko um, with a great Garlu Funko pop that premiered at Emerald City Comic Con uh, late last year. So that was pretty awesome. And, you know, we're, we're hoping to do a lot more kind of stuff like that, um, as well as, you know, doing some stuff internally as well. So... Uh- is, are there any plans to like modernize, like make a modern uh, version of that 1961 toy, or is it is it just uh, kind of uh, like you were already saying, like Funko stuff, reaction stuff? I've i saw posters on the sellstore.com. Yeah, um, we had a really great um, partnership with uh, Brian Reedy, who's a fantastic artist. We did some really cool uh, limited prints uh, of Garlu, but yeah, nothing is off the table. I mean, we would definitely love to do kind of a, a, a new iteration of, of Garlu for the uh, 21st century. And is this going to be one of the IPs that possibly gets its own series, or is it going to stay like in the toy realm? Uh, again, nothing is off the table. Nothing off the table. <laughs> okay. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> uh, that sounds just like something Brian would say. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, Power Lords, you know, again, uh, toys going to be coming from that as well. And uh, when I was looking into this one, because I don't remember this one very well from uh, 1983, but it didn't uh, come from a television show. It was just a action figure line that did have a a three issue DC comic book series. Is the um, is the series going to be based around those three issues? Are you guys doing something new? We're kind of reinventing it, pretty much. I mean, from the ground up. I mean, we're keeping the the, the characters obviously um, who they are. And, uh, and the general, um, you know, basis of the lore intact. But otherwise, we're really going to get kind of weird with it. You know, it's going to be very kind of like uh, super kind of out there sci-fi, you know, maybe some uh, some inspirations from, from you know, some of our favorite, you know, sci-fi horror franchises like uh, Event Horizon and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we've got some really cool kind of um, ways that we're going to, to bring it back. 
And um, yeah, you, like you mentioned, um, the original Power Lords line, you know, it, it didn't have that kind of media anchor that a lot of other, you know, uh, toy lines of the era did. Mm-hmm. What it did have was um, a lot of cool inspiration and design based on uh, Wayne Barlow, who is a fantastic sci-fi artist and did one of my favorite books, the Barlow's Guide to Extraterrestrials, that I probably checked out from my grade school library at least like 50 times oh, wow. uh, before I ended up just getting my own copy later on. But uh, yeah, his... Um, we're really trying to, in, in spirit, do the same thing that that Barlow did, you know, 40 years ago, which is, you know, really kind of like come up with these, you know, kind of bizarre, sort of like just heady, you know, unorthodox sort of um, visuals and, and, and character designs. But uh, we should probably have some some new uh, some new peaks at that line within the next couple months. But uh, but yeah, we're gonna try and uh, not just basically remake the the earlier line as much as kind of just like reinvent it. That's exciting. I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. I always love an original idea instead of just rehashing something that's already been done. Right. Not that that's I bad like, either. No, it just depends but it's definitely, done. Um, I feel like there's an, an onus on on us to, to if we're going to to acquire these IPs and, and really do them justice uh, to not just simply kind of like repackage what's been done before, but really kind of like find a new, a new way to 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 reintroduce them, you know, in a way that honors the original source material, but but gives the fans, you know, something they haven't seen before. Absolutely, you know, fosters to that original fan base while making a new one at the same time. That's awesome. Exactly. Now, um, another thing I've got to touch on. This really got me excited. Nacelle partnering with Super Seven to revive the Silverhawks series. Can you tell us yes. anything about that? Right. So. Um, Again, can't tell too much because we are still waiting on a couple, uh, you know, press releases to come together. But we have hired some incredible talent to work on the Silverhawks um, series, and it's it's currently in in production right now. Um, oh wow! Reproduction, and um, yeah, we we're very excited to to have the kind of partnership that we do with super seven and um it's it's one of those lines and and shows that people remember fondly but i feel like maybe didn't really get as 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 much of a chance to succeed as as some of the other ones did you know a lot of times silverhawks gets lost in the shuffle when talking about things like thundercats and he-man and stuff like that so uh, i think uh, i think it's one of those iconic properties that's primed for a you know reintroduction as well a lot of great IPs got uh, overshadowed by, you know, the biggies of the 80s. There was just, there was just so much. I mean, when you look back yeah. at that that era and, and everything that was out, I mean, like you really had to, um, to make uh, a quick and indelible impression if you wanted to survive, you know, just because there's only uh, so much bandwidth and so much self-space in the stores and, you know, in the, um, in the eyes of, uh, you know, an audience that, a lot of a lot of great stuff got you know pushed to the side right right well it left an impression on me i was always a big fan of bluegrass i right now i've got a one of the big tally hawks in my closet i i loved the series and i'm excited to see what uh, you guys do with it uh is it going to be and i don't even know if you can answer this but uh kind of what i was asking with uh, power lords is this going to be a retelling of like the original series a continuation of the original series or can you even answer that uh, that is another uh, Volkweissian. Stay tuned for you. <laughs> <laughs> Volkweissian. <laughs>
where else? One more thing to touch on uh, that I sure. keep seeing on your guys' website and I've been getting press releases for, which is such a freaking cool idea and very original idea at that. Going back to a toy store near you, kind of in the same uh, wheelhouse, are the toy store passports that you guys yes. have available at nacellestore.com, which for our listeners who don't know, I mean, this is like an actual little passport book that you can take to certain toy stores and you can get an official stamp in it. Such a cool idea. Can you tell us how that came to be? Yeah. Um, again, yeah, it definitely was something that came um, directly out of, you know, our uh, subsequent seasons of Toy Store near you. And um, one of, the, one of the, the best pieces of feedback that we were getting with um, a Toy Store near you as the seasons were airing uh, was people just talking about how excited they were to, to go visit all of these stores, like stores that uh, either they'd heard of but never visited or, or stores they weren't even aware were out there that now they're now on their, um, you know, bucket list of places to check out. Sure. And it just kind of like a light bulb clicking that just like, what if we did something that not only, you know, like celebrated the fact there's so many of these great stores out there, but it also actively encouraged people to, to visit as many of them as possible. And, you know, we were looking at things like, you know, the Cabbage Patch type passport type things and like, you know, the National Park System passports and like, how can we do something that, you know, fits the gimmick of like going on a, a, a journey, a road trip, uh, you know, to see all these stores. And so, you know, we came up with the, the passport system. And like you said, it's um, every store that participates in the program has their own unique store logo stamp. Uh, and you can buy a book, passport book, at any of those participating stores and you can take it around to all the participating stores we've got 50 i believe at the moment and we're uh, well on our way to you know probably 100 by the next you know month or so and we just really want to use this as a way to obviously encourage toy buyers to get out there and see all of these amazing stores because there are so many incredible ones out there but also again it's one of those things that ties the community together because one of the other cool things that you know, we heard from a lot of the store owners that participated in the toy store near you was how being in the show fostered uh, friendships between other owners. And so like you have, you know, John Schoenville from Smash Toys, who is now, you know, great friends with Justin and Penelope at Farpoint and Terry and Liz at 1313. And it's like, it's, it's creating this close tight knit, you know, community of not only, uh, you know, toy collectors, but also the owners of the stores. So again, just really trying to, to imbue a lot of health and vitality into that community and, and just pull everyone together. Yeah. And a great idea, a great idea, tight knit community. As far as the toy stores that you guys are choosing, I mean, I know a lot of them have been featured on a toy store near you, but past that, uh, how are you guys choosing these toy stores and are there ways for fans to like nominate or suggest toy stores? Absolutely. Um, if anyone out there has a favorite store that we haven't covered yet, and, and granted, we do have um, several in the queue, you know, we plan on doing this show as long as there are stores out there that want to participate. But uh, if you have one, please let us know. We've had uh, at least a handful of stores that we've either, you know, showcased already or planned to in later seasons that were uh, a tip from, um, you know, fans who just reached out to us uh, via our socials. So please, by all means, DM us on Facebook or Instagram if you have a great store that you want to nominate. Um, but also, you know, it started out with, you know, obviously myself, Brian, um, you know, so many other people who work at our company being, you know, huge toy nerds as we are. We, we had a pretty 
decent, you know, cash of stores that we, we obviously love dearly. So a lot of it right. started out, you know, it started out with Billy Galaxy, who has been a friend of the show for, for years now and has appeared in Toys That Made Us. Uh, you know, he was the, the, the pilot episode, but a lot of it was, you know, stores that, I mean, for me, uh, I grew up in Northwest Indiana, so I was intimately familiar with Kokomo Toys. So that was another one oh, yeah. to make sure that we got in there. But, um, but over the years or over the uh, seasons, it's definitely been a matter of also stores reaching out to us, having seen, you know, previous seasons and, and, and volunteering to, uh, to be in a later season. So it's, it's a little bit of a, every corner, you know. Uh, recommendations, stores reaching out, stores that we know, you know, that we're reaching out to to invite to participate. So, however it happens, as long as as long as we can, you know, tell a great story with each one of these stores. And and so far, you know, I, I feel like we really have. And one of the most beautiful things to me about the show is due to its, you know, very nature of of the show being, you know, self shot by the owners, and then you know, it's a collaborative process between. Uh, you know, getting pickup shots and notes with myself and the owners and then uh, our incredibly talented editors at Nacelle, you know, weaving it all together to tell a great story. But um, just the, the, the sense of kind of empowerment that the owners have and being able to have a hand in, you know, telling their stories is such a beautiful thing. And when they get to see the finished product, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. It's a fun show. I encourage people to check it out on YouTube. And I also encourage people to get on, uh, again, nacellestore.com and uh, get, get one of your passports. I'm going to be doing so myself. I, and I definitely have some suggestions for uh, uh, toy stores for passport stops. Now, the, the stores that are already on that list where you can get your stamp, are they also selling the passports or are they only available at nacellestore.com? No, you can get the passports at those stores. So any of the participating okay. stores... You, uh, you can get a book at their store and get your first stamp at that same store. And one thing I forgot to ask earlier is uh, a lot of these toys that you guys are going to be coming up with, you know, again, the great Garlou, Power Lords, RoboForce, et cetera, et cetera. Are these eventually going to be in stores as well, or are those only going to be available at nacellestore.com? Uh, no, the plan is to get those out to as many retailers and um, be it online or physical as possible. So. We're definitely not stopping at just our website with that kind of stuff. I am so excited. So many good things in the uh, in the pipeline, and it sounds like there's many more you can't even talk about yet. So yeah, I mean, we're hoping to uh, you know hit the convention circuit again this year. You know, we're going to be at WonderCon and you know, knock on wood, San Diego later this summer, and New York Comic Con, and a handful of them in between. So uh, with each one of those appearances, we'll have some uh, some more exciting stuff to share. I look forward to hearing the news. Awesome. Rich, thank you so much for being here with me today. This has been awesome uh, having you on the show, and I uh, can't wait to talk to you again. Happy to come back anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. All right, everyone. And once again, that was Rich Mayrick, the Vice President of Content Strategy over at Nacelle Company. You can find him on Instagram at Dean underscore Camerayon. I think that's pronounced. It's D-E-A-N underscore C-A-M-E-R-A-O-N. And you can follow the Nacelle Company at Nacelle Company and at Toys Nacelle. And be sure to head over to nacellecompany.com and even more importantly to the conversation just had, nacellestore.com, where you can pick up some of the merch we were talking about uh, as well as that passport, the, the toy passport, which, again, is so cool. I think it's only like $10 to pick one up. It's so inexpensive and such a cool thing to have. So I'm going to be heading over to get one, get yours as well. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. And don't forget to find us at our website, candarepodcast.com. 
where you can do a plethora of different things. You can go to our merch store, pick up a t-shirt, a mug, a sticker, head over to our Patreon page, become a patron and get a lot of extra content for a few dollars a month. There's our YouTube page on there, our list of special guests, and a contact page where you can uh, reach out to us if you want to be on the show. Whatever you want to say to us, that's where you're going to do it. And find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And uh, also, once again, evergreenpodcast.com the wonderful network we're a part of with so many other great podcasts very proud to be a part of it evergreenpodcast.com be sure to check them out ladies and gentlemen and i think that is probably going to do it for this week's episode so until next time i am jeremy collie and always remember to be excellent to each other You should have been listening to Canned Air. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Snow Job, how'd you get your name? Um... G.I. This has been a Canned Air production. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately 7 minutes.